Do you feel that in a time when we are more connected than ever, we are drifting away from real human connection, especially to ourselves? I do. Hi, I'm Leticia Latino, and I want to invite you to join me and my very inspiring guests in exploring ways to reconnect to your essence, to your definite purpose, to what makes you tick. Are you ready? Well, hello, and welcome to a new episode of Back to Basics, Reconnecting to the Essence of You. I know I say the same thing when I start that I have a special guest, but this is a very special guest. I have Dr. Jude Kurvan with me. She's a cosmologist, planetary healer, futurist, author, and previously one of the most senior businesswomen in the UK and co-founder of Whole World View. She has also traveled around the world in service to planetary and collective healing and has authored several books which have been translated in 16 languages and sold in 26 countries. Her latest one is The Story of Gaia, and I'm happy that we'll be getting the scoop directly from her. Hello, Dr. Jill, and welcome to Back to Basics. Leticia, thank you. It's absolutely lovely to be with you. Thank you. Oh, well, I'm very excited because a dear friend connected us. And as I was doing the research on you, I was just blown away. And just for the record, I had to leave like when you leave out like things like you were named in 2014, part of the same group as Deepak Chopra and all the incredible, you know, personal growth and inspirational teachers, you know that you've achieved many things in life. Well, Letitia, it's been a very scenic route, as I think so. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. The scenic yes. route. So why don't we start there about the, the beginning or the origin of that route? At the very beginning, your early years, your childhood. I'm always, you know, so intrigued by what that beginning was like. What were you passionate about? And a little bit of, you know, the younger version of you, so to speak. Well, I never thought I, I, I don't think I've grown up yet. So I'm still the younger version. <laughs> so that's great. I'm still the younger version of me. Um, I grew up in, in what's called the Midlands of, of England um, as the daughter and granddaughter of a coal, mi of coal miners. Mm -hmm. So I grew up very much in that sort of environment. At the age of four, I began to have what I call um, supernormal experiences, mm -hmm. remote viewing, telepathic connections, and out-of-body experiences. And I started to engage with, communicate with discarnate entities. And mm. at four years old, hey, what's not to love? <laughs> four years old, hey, what's not normal? And of mm. course, it, it, it is natural. And, and my whole lifelong journey has been ongoing, you know, that walking between worlds and realizing that there is so much more to the wondrous nature of reality mm. than we often think there is. So that started me off on this lifelong journey of curiosity about the nature of reality itself. You know, we, we sometimes sort of say, oh, you know, the big questions, who am I? Where did I come from? Where am I going? What does it mean? Well, they've been my lifelong companions <laughs> wow. as questions, you know, alongside Of course, as all of us do, you know, life, everyday life, of course. And many years ago, I was given these words um, in the commonality of our humanity. We're all ordinary. 
in the commonality of our divinity, we're all extraordinary. So I live my life in that very ordinary, going down to the shops, cleaning the toilets at home, <laughs> what we all do, mm-hmm. and, and also walking between worlds and realising that's also part of who we are. And then, you know, as I grew up, I, I went to Oxford University and did a master's degree in physics, specialising in quantum physics and cosmology. And those have been my fascinations too from a very early age. And then went on into business and corporate life for many years and on and on. And finally left corporate life because I'd had one strategic plan too many. Mm-hmm. And also, although I'd loved it, and also because I was very much aware that something Literally, we say something was in the air, but I had a sense that something was coming for us as a collective, as a species, and our planetary home. There would come at some point a moment of choice, whether we continued to live in in what I term an illusion of separation, because that's the old paradigm that we've been taught and, and all the rest of it. And now we absolutely have the evidence to turn that on its head. But I also realised that that illusion of separation and the behaviours that it actually took us through would bring at some point us to a point of unsustainability and a a moment of choice. So when I left corporate life in the 1990s, the mid-1990s, it was to serve serve that evolutionary impulse of potentiality and and that potential healing of, of our trauma of separation. So that's my journey all the way through and ever since. So I did a PhD researching ancient cosmologists. I wrote a a whole raft of books, uh, the most recent being the story of Gaia, but the books are about us remembering that literally we're inseparable. Mm, Wow. So that's been this whole journey. I get goosebumps. I mean, I'm, I'm almost speechless because you know what? It's very humbling to have be in the company of somebody like you because we, you know, we hear these things by many people and we all kind of get bits and pieces. But, you know, when when you read about your journey and even how you started, you know, I, I, I realized that I was living in different dimensions and, and many people do that. But then then you went ahead and you did master's degrees and PhDs and you devoted good part of your life in studying really, you know, the, the nitty gritty, so to speak, and, and informing. So now... Now, you, all you're sharing with us not only comes from that intuitive world, but it comes from a very highly educated world, which I respect so much. And, and thank you for sharing. And then, you know, you went into the corporate world. And as a woman in business, I, I look up to other women that made it, as you say, to into that world. And so it's just like you are the full package. You are really the full package in terms of what do we need to look upon into if we really believe we have a, a responsibility to make the world a better place as a, a, the individual, which I do believe, then you really, there's so much knowledge and wisdom and that I want to go out and buy all of your books and say, and take a sabbatical and just read them all, because I imagine that, that they will be transformative, each one of them. Bless you, Letitia. I, I mean, you say humbling for you, it's humbling for me, because what I realized on this whole journey is both how amazing we all are and how 
tiny we all are we're, we're and and you know mm. and for me i i just see myself as a, a perpetual student of the universe <laughs> i love it i love it but that's a you know curiosity i now have done over 200 interviews and curiosity for everybody that has achieved you know their top potential or are on that way curiosity curio and you said it in in your I, a lifelong quest for curiosity i wrote it down because i love it as a potential title for the episode, but you know, it's just a constant uh, subject, curiosity and, and learning your life and never stop learning. Never stop learning. And it's not, it's not intellectual learning. A lot of it can be, of course it is. But for me, it's been as much, if not more, experiential learning an experiential embodiment of, of what has I have been fortunate enough to experience and to 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 understand and 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 I think it's the experience that's guided my curiosity mm-hmm. more than more than understanding it's been that experience of wholeness and that continual in continual invitation by a universe a living universe a living and evolving universe to sort of you know almost I was having an earlier conversation today about how the universe flows through us and its evolutionary impulse seems to be flowing through us at full tidal flow at the moment, you know, inviting us to wake up, inviting us to remember that we're part of its wholeness, mm. that we're literally inseparable and yet each of us is unique, yep. that unity isn't uniformity, it's radical mm. diversity. So each of us have our part to play, every one of us. And so why do you think, in your view, is so difficult to, like, obviously the pandemic, I take it that that's, that's a something that was coming for us or, or you were the, or other things, one of the things that was coming for us. <laughs> I, I, I think it was, yeah. Yeah. And, and so you had, and, and you could feel it, you could feel the awakening, you could feel the consciousness, you could feel it all around you. And um, now I'm getting a little worried because as, as we're starting to live our normal lives again, really normal, not just halfway there, almost there, like getting on planes without masks, going places, taking vacations. You almost feel feel that awareness coming off, almost coming down again. And so what can you what do you think the individual can do to really stay on top of that role we have to play in the universe? I think there's a number of things. I think, first of all, be open for us to be open to, to this understanding, you know, that, that unity isn't ideal, it is real, that it's not an aspiration, it's our existential reality. So feel, I would say, stand on the ground, feel our beloved planetary home, Gaia, supporting you as she does in every moment, with every breath, with every heartbeat, you know, in whatever way invites each and every one of us into a deeper relationship with Gaia so that mm. we don't just see her as a background to our lives. We rush around. And part of the part of our, you know, challenge is that we are time poverty. We have been time poor. So we rush around, rush around. We're, we're really great at busyness. We're not so great at quietude and just breathing and just being. And yet in that busyness, we don't have time often to even enable ourselves to remember that deeper understanding. So it's about 
stopping, breathing, seeing, feeling, grounding. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And also, you know, inner practices of whatever sort. I mean, I I personally, I'm 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 not a student of yoga because I can't. I can't sit still, but I love dancing. So for me, I go into a huge, and I forget myself. I'm just with the music, I'm with the dance. And somehow that connects me to that remembered wholeness. I love being with Gaia, whether it's with our the vegetables we grow or the, you know, the trees in our garden or watching a, the sun rise each morning, just making those connections. However, you know, however we feel, we're invited to to do just make those connections in everyday lives you know not on a sunday or once a month or whatever in tiny ways because tiny ways like droplets of water you know can, you know build up to an ocean that is so powerful so powerful everything you said and and you know you almost in this part describe why this podcast exists because the thing that connected me is inspiring conversations. And so and and so I'm like all the time wanted to, you know, it would be so good if somebody else would have listened to that conversation. Like if you and I had met on a plane and we had this beautiful conversation and then I felt so full and so inspired and so connected and yet you know, it's like, oh, how do we how do we bring this more to the world and how do we create that? And and you're right. And so I incorporated it in, into my day to day. I don't make a living out of it. I don't make money out of it. And people say, why do you do it? Like, it's almost like they want to find a reason why I do the podcast. And you just said it. If this brings these kind of conversations into my life an hour today out of a crazy day, and then my day is a brighter day because I met you. And I go on with my life so much fuller, you know? And so, and I really think that those little tiny droplets, as you describe, if we identify what they are and how they can bring it into the life, into our life, it just changes everything. It does. And and, and what I love is the variety of the droplets. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yes, yes. Each each of us in that sense is a a droplet of that great ocean, but Mm -hmm. we're each unique. So I love that you're, I love that you're doing this. And as I said, there are other ways that that make my heart sing, make my life Mm -hmm. brighter each moment. And I'd really invite everyone who's listening to us, perhaps at the end uh, of of our podcast, but to really take a bit of more time and just sit quietly with themselves and just gently invite a recognition of what makes their heart sing. Mm. Mm, and and then then do it then do it don't put it off don't say oh I don't have time do it <laughs> yeah and, and I love this and this is why you are you know like in your own journey like my last question on every podcast is what makes you tick and you really have said it in a different way sometimes I say should I ask the same question but yeah because now there's consistency of what makes everybody connect yes to what you are describing, because my goal is to help the audience remember what makes them tick. And so that's why I'm so excited about this conversation, because it's almost validation that, okay, when I <laughs> and when I had the inspiration for this podcast, that's exactly what I wanted to achieve, like that. Like, what if I try dancing, like what you just said, and I lose myself in dancing, and I lose myself. I love music, 
play them songs that I, there are songs that I play that no matter how sad or down I feel, they will pull me up and make me so cheery. Absolutely. And so, and so I intentionally do it. I don't let the, the dragging of sad songs get into the, into my radio because then I know I'm going down. <laughs> Exactly. I want to go up. <laughs> we have a choice. We really do have a choice. Yes. You know, however challenging life is. And, and I've had the honor and privilege of, again, sharing conversations with people. I mean, my life, you know, sometimes people go, oh, your life must be so easy. Well, it's not. <laughs> and it's not been. It's been wonderful and rich. But, you know, I've had many, many, many challenges, as we all have. But when I've been privileged enough to have conversations with people whose lives have been far more challenging than mine, their wisdom, their inspiration has been so incredible. And and what I think almost all of them, if not all of them, have said to me is at some point in their lives, they made a choice to choose how to respond to life. And whether that was going to be a choice of, of fear or whether it's going to be a choice of love, and so over many, many years, I've really, really come to hopefully, <laughs> hopefully mm-hmm. live my life as, as a continued question of what would love do and try and do that, be that. And it is incredible how the universe reflects back on us. It's like you wanting, you know, you wanted to share conversations. And you know, I'm sure, Letitia, that, you know, your gift of this wonderful podcast nurtures you too. So this is incredible dance of, of giving and receiving. You don't do it, you don't give to receive, but the universe naturally sort of bounces back and, and, and sort of brings that back to us when we when we give our gifts and whatever they may be in service. It's incredible. Yeah. I mean, you, 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 are you sure you're also not a poet or something? Because the way you, yeah, I mean, it's just incredible the, the, the way you say things, they flow so nice. But yes, the service aspect of things in, in, it's, it's so powerful in discovering that through service, through, through authentic service, the best things start happening. I find that that you, as you say, you're doing because it gives you something to you, but at the same time, the the universe acknowledges that to a point where you almost don't feel like you 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 don't, you're not doing it for something, but it's just the way it works. Absolutely, it's just the way it works. You know uh, what I wrote about in in my previous book, the Cosmic Hologram, and now in Gaia, is our universe. You know, exists and evolves as a living, conscious, unified entity where everything is in relationship. To everything else, where nothing is separate, it's differentiated. You know, unity is radical diversity, but that is this is the way that our entire universe works. This mm-hmm. this mutuality, this reciprocity, this what goes around, it comes around, goes around, comes around. It's the way it is. Okay. And it makes it alive, like you describe, like it's it's the universe is alive. Sometimes we forget that. Yeah, yeah, we do. and and yeah, and and it's incredible. So so since you're related, refer to the book, your latest book. Let me just say the full name for anybody, and and I will be in the show notes, of course, with all your information because I know that everybody's gonna go look at how can I learn more about Judah. It's incredible. Um, so the story of Gaia, the big breath and the evolutionary journey of our conscious planet. 
That's the full title, right? It is indeed, yeah. I mean, the, the main title is the story of Gaia, but um, it, it's what it, it says on the tin. <laughs> it is. Uh-huh, that's good. That's good. So tell us, I mean, you that that will be your eighth book, seventh book. I know it's, it's somewhere. Seventh book. In formality, it's a seventh book, but I've got some e-books and I've got some co-authored books in other countries and I've contributed oh, I'm sure. a lot of books. So, but it's, yeah, my seventh book. Yeah. Which is incredible. And so tell us a little bit, because when when you write, you know, I imagine seventh book, okay, has it ever happened? Like, what do I write now? Or it just comes to you? There's so much to write about that it's just like easy. It's not easy. It's not easy, but it is a great, wondrous experience. And I can't write until a book's ready to write me. Mm. And so, Mm -hmm. um, you know, 20 odd years ago, before I, I wrote any books, you know, I, I, I wasn't a writer. And then a publisher came to me because I'd, I'd done a tiny little article and said, would you be an author for us? So I went, oh, okay. <laughs> that, that is amazing. Talking about how the universe uh, gives back to somebody that was already, like, I'm sure, giving tons. <laughs> That's a great example, right? How the universe gets back. You don't even look for it and they come and say, would you be an author? <laughs> Absolutely. And, and you know, with the last two books, so the first two books were trilogy, and I was given the titles, I was sort of given some guidance on the titles 20-odd years ago. So the third book isn't ready to write me yet. I know that. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think you can feel... Slightly pregnant, but I, I do feel sort of slightly <laughs> pregnant. You're starting to get the symptoms, <laughs> but, not, but not yet. The story has just been birthed and isn't a toddler yet. But um, mm-hmm. but yeah, but that that whole story, I really feel that the book and therefore Gaia, you know, wrote that story through me, and it was just a wonderful experience. And I hope it is for mm. readers a wonderful experience. It definitely sounds, uh, definitely uh, has sparked all my, uh, I'm very curious and definitely gonna, gonna get it. Because also, you know, knowing that you have spent some decades traveling the world, serving in service to, to the planet and collective healing, how hard has that, because it sounds like a big mission. And it sounds sometimes like people would say, oh, is that at all possible? Is that at all worth investing time in? Tell us a little bit about that journey. Well, back in 1998, I got a message that I should visit a particular place near my home at that point the following morning. And at that time, and I still do, I live in the landscape, a beautiful ancient sacred landscape called Avebury, which is near Stonehenge Mm -hmm. in England. And the site I was to, I was guided to go to the following morning, I did. And it's a place called Silbury Hill, which is the largest man-made mound in Europe, a Neolithic mound, about two, four and a half thousand years old. Mm. And I climbed the hill, which you're not supposed to do. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have normally done it, but this the voice guiding me was so, please do this. And when I was mm. at the top of the hill, there was a crop circle that had come there overnight. It was as though the crop circle was a mandala of meaningful information. And as I sat overlooking this incredible sight, I was just given a huge sort of guidance of, of, of to what I was invited to do, which is to go around Gaia, go around the world over a period that turned out to be something like nine years mm. and activate certain sacred sites for this time. 
And I had no real idea of what might come. I just felt to say yes to this inv- invitation to be in mm-hmm. service in whatever way I could. And we started the journeys in 2001 after some preparatory work. And I got to the, I think it was the seventh journey and it became my mission. Mm-hmm. And I was going, it's my mission to do this. I must do this. Nobody else can do this. <laughs> <laughs> I was skating on such thin ice, I tell you. Mm-hmm. My ego was getting in there and all the rest of it. And it, the, the whole thing nearly stopped because I was, you know, I was bringing my ego into it. And it was you saying the word mission that sort of, you know, almost invited me to share this very embarrassing story with you. <laughs> but I got back from that particular journey and I, I had a major sort of rant. I'm not doing this anymore. I can't do this anymore. And I suddenly had an out-of-body experience. And I was looking at me having this rant from my ego. And I could feel a lot of laughter around. Mm. And I just oh, looked and I thought, this is ridiculous. What are you doing? And I suddenly wow. went, and all that I sense of me and my mission just fell away. And mm-hmm. the rest of the journeys were able, I think, to happen because I showed up and got out of the way of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I've really aimed to do that ever since. With that visual that you provided, I think now even those of us that cannot, you know, see ourselves from the top. Now I can just imagine you and imagine me and say, okay, I can see that here what's happening because in all honesty that I guess that blessing and gift that you got since you were a little girl has helped you a lot get to a point where maybe it's people that don't have those gifts, like how, or, or how do we develop the gifts? I wonder I wonder what your take is on that. Well, they're gifts of all of us. They're our natural way of being, you know, and, the, and what I've written about in, in, in the Cosmic Hologram and the story of Gaia is that we are, you know, our, our universe exists and evolves meaningfully, purposefully as a conscious living entity. We're in, innately part of its meaning and purpose an evolutionary impulse. We're its microcosmic co-creators. So we can't not have this, these natural Mm -hmm. attributes. The question is, are we open? Because society generally has been very dismissive of these, what I call supernormal phenomena and experiences. But we've got such compelling evidence now for this emergent understanding and a unitive narrative of unity and diversity and, you know, the empowerment of who we really are. You know, our basic, our most fundamental superpower, it seems to me, is our intuition. Mm, I love that. I totally agree with you on that one. Not that my opinion counts, but I feel it's like because I've done some crazy stuff and it's purely based on intuition and I don't, I cannot explain, I cannot justify i just know it's a knowing and i cannot explain to people why i know and 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 sometimes it sounds almost like oh well yeah she knows you know like i don't it doesn't come from a place where i know better it's just a place of trusting in what i'm feeling absolutely that is the right thing absolutely and the wonderful thing is you you hear it and you listen to it in other words you 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 then follow it Mm-hmm. Because so mm-hmm. many of us, you know, we're all we're all intuitive. That is 
our natural, our, our, our super normal superpower. But we, you know, so many folks either don't trust it and therefore don't listen to it, therefore don't get that wonderful wave back of validation when we do follow it. Mm. You know, we're so busy trying to figure out, well, why, how, what? And as you said, if you can let go of that and trust that it's our deeper, deeper wisdom and follow it, my goodness me. <laughs> it's incredible. Like what you just said, I think it's it's gold. I really believe it's gold. It's because I always start, try, everybody I bring on the show say, what can people do? Is there a practice? Is there an actionable thing? But what you just said is like that. It's follow your intuition and trust and, and do something after it shows up. Because we do, we, we almost confuse them by thought. Like we think there are thoughts and we think there are ideas and other things. No, that this is your intuition talking, manifesting. Absolutely. And I don't know about your experience, Letitia, but for me, you know, actually hearing and listening, in other words, following that, our intu my intuition, synchronicities become my way showers. Mm -hmm. uh, that where synchronicities, um, as Jung said, meaningful coincidences, and they, they don't, they don't violate any causality within space time, but they're the universe bringing to this moment of here and now, it seems to me, as way showers. So I always, you know, when I follow my intuition, the synchronicities just pop out all over the <laughs> place. All, all over. And I think that's when people, I, I think when people are hit by, by rock bottom and in those circumstances where maybe they have dismissed, yeah. you know, the possibilities because they were onto something. But then all of a sudden you get laid off and now you have no job. So you have no other option but then, oh, and then I was walking and somebody gave me a flyer. And I had somebody on the show that told that story. Somebody gave me a flyer and the flyer took me here. And, the, and then they yeah. put the things together and then just explain exactly the synchronicities. Like they explain the into them listening to the intuition. Exactly. And what and where that led them. Exactly. And it's magical. It really is. It's universal magic. It really is yes. universal magic. Yes. yes. And I think the other thing that I love that you said is about how we lack time. Mm. And I believe the pandemic, that was a gift of the pandemic. Yes. I, I, I'm, when they say, how can you be grateful for them? I'm not grateful, but to say that it was all bad, I don't also don't agree with that. I think the pandemic brought many good things. Like for me, let's say my family, my daughter was six, five, six. She had two years almost of mommy and daddy fully at home with them. Yeah. That was a blessing. To have the quality time and to, you know, and, and, and through that extra time, I think that's how people started listening more to intuition and, and tuning in more into, into those little signs. I, I wholeheartedly agree. And, and as you say, you know, that's not to in any way underestimate the profound challenges. And for so many, of course, yes. But yes I think yes. as a, as a collective, it, it, it was that. And, you know, writing the story of Gaia, I talk about viruses. Because viruses have been evolutionary change agents throughout the whole of Gaia's story. So it's quite extraordinary that one of her oldest biological children, a virus, smallest of her biological children, a virus, stopped us in our tracks and actually did cause us so many folks, as you say, A, with more time, but also, I don't know about you, but 
I, you know, I'm not big into stuff. Although if you look behind me, I've got a wall full of books. So <laughs> I apologize. For that. But, yeah, it's uh, beautiful wall, beautiful <laughs> wall of books. Thank you. But, you know, really appreciating the joys of simplicity and the joys of yeah, having more time, living life in a, a simpler way. And, and realizing the, the lack of need for, for more stuff. Absolutely. I think those that know me would sometimes think because I, I've been very privileged. I come from middle class family. I've, I've had luxuries, but not extreme luxuries. Like I always tell people, my father could have had a mansion at some point. We lived in an apartment, five of us, the same apartment for 25 years. Never that need of more, more, more. And I'm, I'm grateful that he instilled that in us. Well, both my parents, because I feel the same way now. Like we live in a beautiful house. Can it be bigger? Absolutely. But I don't feel I need a bigger. I'm almost like saying four more years and the kids are out and then we can even downsize and make it simpler. <laughs> and really, I, I believe that maybe you need some some splurges in your life. Like I love a beach house that my parents have and having that beach house is like a nice thing, but how many, how much do you need? Like, I, I really think you can dimension, you know, to live the life you want. Yes. It doesn't have to be super extreme or it doesn't have to be nothing. It has to be just what you need to, to really keep your, your soul singing. Absolutely. And, and I, I also feel that with more time, there's a there's a sort of a, a realization of of a difference between what you need and what you want, mm-hmm. and and you know having authentic needs that are met, and of course this is the challenge for us as a human species because you know buying into the illusion of separation as we have, you know has driven so much inequality and injustice and, and all the rest of it, but as we do wake up to remember we're inseparable, and I do feel that that is part of our journey of conscious evolution now, then naturally those ways of, of, of sort of inequalities, those ways of behaviours that derive from separation, again, I feel can, can dissolve and, and heal and be resolved and be released. In which case, you know, the, the Gaia has enough for all our needs. What she's not mm. able to offer is is to supply all our wants and our wants of materiality that in a long, lot of ways have also come from that illusion of separation. Mm-hmm. Very, very powerful. And so I know you have a commitment to, you know, like uh, facilitate the understanding of these and, and experiencing and embodying of the unity awareness. And that's why you've co-founded in 2017 Whole World View. It was. And I would love, is there anything around that initiative that we haven't touched upon that you want to share? Well, thank you for for mentioning it. And indeed, it it was, you know, I did co-found Whole Worldview and it was to understand, experience and embody unitive awareness. So we have a website and there's lots of resources there. People can sign up to a free newsletter. It's a growing community. And what we're hopefully sharing, offering people, inviting people into this this remembering of who we really are and so who we can consciously evolve to become. Well, definitely I will share that link and to subscribe to to the newsletter because there's so much. I mean, there's so much in your journey, in what you've produced, in what you've done, in how you've 
helped uh, countries, you know, become, I mean, you, you've done the work at every single level, as I see, you know, in government, in, in nonprofit, in, in private business, at, at, at the individual level. And then, you know, you're now trying to, to raise awareness and make us more in touch, facilitate, as you said, uh, that, that knowledge is just incredible. So any other experience, anything, I always like to give my, my guest uh, an open microphone to, to share anything else. I mean, there's so many exciting things. Uh, I could talk for hours with you, but uh, anything else you want to highlight? Maybe just one thing, and it's just come to me, and it came back sure. to what you said about the title of, of the story of God, The Big Breath. Because if we go back to the very beginning of our universe, we're taught that it began as a big bang. It wasn't big and it wasn't a bang. Facetiously, <laughs> <It was laughs> the big, because it was minute. But when we think of bang, I guess we think of chaos and, and, and that sense of meaninglessness. And yet that first moment, all those billions of years ago, was the first moment of an ongoing big breath. So as space has expanded ever since, as time has flowed ever since, our whole universe has breathed out this incredible evolutionary impulse from simplicity to complexity. Our planet breathes. Isn't it wonderful that we breathe? So we can actually, in every breath, bring the entire universe into our personal experience. We can bring the experience of our entire planet into our personal experience. So I just invite people, our listeners, to, to just really appreciate breathing. And of course, the ancient uh, Indian sages talked about this and their intuitive understanding was exactly what we're now realizing in, in the leading edge science of a living, evolving, conscious universe. And their, their, their term for breath, prana, was the same as spirit. So what they understood was this wonderful, infinite, eternal, cosmic breath coming through us. So, and when we breathe and when we focus on our breath, that too slows us down. That's why breath is so vital to so many traditions of inner development, because it brings us to the very heart of our being, which then connects us with the very heart of our universe and our planetary home, Gaia. So that's what I'd love to complete with and invite people to really enjoy. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. And just, I cannot break tradition. And I, I just suspect that besides dancing and writing and, and healing the world, you have another thing that makes you tick, another thing that maybe around the area you live, you like to do when you feel a little bit that you want to recenter a, a bit more. Growing our own vegetables is one and going for walks and picking up litter mm. is another. Mm. Because it hurts me when I see litter, uh, littering Gaia's beauty. The only thing I always do is I always forget to take a bag. So my jacket pockets are in a disgusting <laughs> state. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. But uh, yeah, so even in that, you, you, you just, yeah, you, you're embodying 
what you're saying, if that's something that, you know, you pay attention to and, and you do it intentionally because some of us, I would do it too. Like I would, oh, I, this is dirty. Let me fix it. But it's probably not with like, let me take a walk and make the world a cleaner place. <laughs> <laughs> that's beautiful. Well, I really, really thank you from the bottom of my heart for this conversation. I've just been inspired and it's been a highlight and, and, and just, um, Thank you for all the world, the amazing work you've done on behalf of all of us for our beautiful Gaia. Bless you, Letitia. And, and back at you, as our American friends say, because you're, you know, what you're offering with this podcast is so wonderful. And so I hope we all answer that invite to, to show up, get out of the way and serve in whatever way we can, because that's our time. And this is our, our moment of choice. Mm. Thank you. Thank you for that. And to everybody listening, uh, just go running and check the show notes because there's so much information you're going to find about you that you're going to be overwhelmed. Thank you all. And until the next episode of Back to Basics. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Back to Basics. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts or any of your favorite streaming platforms. This is the best gift you can give us. Join me next week for another Back to Basics conversation. And if you want to find out about other exciting things I'm working on, visit LeticiaLatino.com. Thank you and until the next time.